back to another episode of the Fast Break Lip NBA Podcast. Got Kev here. Kev, say what's up. Good night. Good morning. Good afternoon to everybody here. Good to see you back again. Facts, facts, facts. Alright, let's get into a lot of headlines this week. NBA's been making rounds for a lot of stuff lately. And then we'll get into some documentary stuff. So, um, NCAA is actually allowing players to make money off their likeness and image starting, I think, 2021 season. Um, and that was after Deshin Knicks decommitted from UCLA to join the G League, joining Jalen Green and Isaiah Todd. So, I'm be panicking right now. Facts. And Facts. A, I, I find it sad how they got to force to do it now because they're panicking. Like, that's a panic move because you guys had so much time to do that. That's what so, it's come to. And now, I mean, I don't, I, I can't say I didn't see it coming because NCAA was about to be destroyed forever and really just be, you know, good for nothing. Well, not even good for nothing because you can still find kids who are not like, you know, the top scouts, top scouted players playing good on that. So I can't say for nothing. Facts. All right, next next bit of news we got is um, John Wall, your boy, issued a warning oh, yeah. to the league for when he comes back, says that we haven't seen the best John Wall yet. And I, Oh, yeah, I, I believe him. Continue. You sure? Oh, you sure? Bro, first of all, we see the John Wall. I got to realize, he's had two years off, right? But what is he doing to not get better? Let's be realistic now. Yes, he's been off for two years. So he has no choice other than to be better when he comes back. So maybe we have not seen the best John Wall yet. Because don't forget, his career is not over. But he's that getting move like his career over. But he's getting old, and he had an Achilles injury along with all the knee injuries that he's been having in his career. I think he's that we had two seasons off plus a quarantine season off. Hmm? I guess, but I think we already saw the best John Wall in 2016-17 season. He was averaging 23 points per game, about 11 assists, two steals, played 78 games, so he was healthy, and they were one game away from the Eastern Conference Finals. I think that was his best season, honestly. I don't think he's going to get to that again. Well, John I think, Wall said I think, we I have think, not seen the best of John Wall. We have not seen the best of John Wall, and I believe him. That's it. Straight I up. Think, I think when he comes back, he's going to have to play a backseat role to Beal. Beal is I don't think he would mind stuff. that. Especially with Bill being the offense of that team now, and Bill is a bucket. <laughs> I do say so myself. So I don't think the less attention on him, you know, is going to be the better for him, especially coming off that injury. So, and I don't he think he'll be, a, be. I don't think he'll be as explosive as he was before, and I think that's something that he really relied on, being the type of point guard that he was, because he wasn't someone that was like a jump shooter. Which is probably why we're going to see a shooting John Wall. I hope he's been shooting, because I mean. I mean, what else is different from doing the offseason, though, other than to shoot, though, bro? On a real note. I don't know. But from what I've seen, he's been working on. I've just seen him dunking and stuff, so I don't know. You ain't going to see everything in full print, so I, I don't know. Because Westbrook do the same. I don't know. These slashes not landing. It's, it's, it's clear. It's a shame. I don't think like, like, even then again, you could post shooting videos and not shoot, a.k.a. Ben Simmons, so. Facts. At the same time, we gotta realize that. All right. Um, Isaiah Thomas, after last week's documentary episodes that were focused on him and the bad boys, came out this week and said, um, MJ was the fourth best player that he played against. 
naming, I think, Kareem, Magic, and Larry ahead of MJ. So a lot of people taking that comment and saying, like, oh, he's still upset, I guess, about being left off the dream team and all the beef that happened between the Bulls and the Pistons in the late 80s and stuff like that. So how I feel about that. I mean, I believe he's still hurt, <clears throat> personally. He's always sounded hurt to me ever since he, like, He's so heavily a LeBron fan, you know, because he never liked Jordan to begin with and et cetera, et cetera. Thanks. Now, the only person I could say that was okay to say is better than Jordan in any way, and that four is Kareem. Yeah, I would say that too. Kareem is the only one I could say, okay, maybe Kareem could get that goal conversation and stay there without anyone saying too much because, you mean, he is a leader scorer, and he did, you know, have this era. Six, he has six... I think six MVPs, I believe, and six finals. Eesh. He won, so wow, he has five so MVPs. So he, Kareem's up there in accolades. He's up there. So definitely, so he definitely won the great. So I think no one really speak about because they. I feel, I feel no one's no way. one's watched him. That's why. That's one thing, and I feel the same way about him and um Will Chamberlain. I feel like even though Will Chamberlain got the records, he wasn't playing against nobody though. True. So that's why I don't think Will Chamberlain will ever get the credit he fully deserves. And I don't think he deserves that credit as well because you're playing against a bunch of like, who knows how tall people were back then. I think, they, I think the, um, I listened to Bill Simmons' podcast. He was saying how they were like six eight, six eight centers back then. So, see, so you're going to get small forwards at centers, and you're you happen to be this athletic monster who who managed on the whole league. So. I don't want to discredit him, but at the same time, it's hard to give you so much credit, you know? Facts. All right, next headline we got is the NBA could end up playing at Disney World if things start to, I guess, get better with this whole situation. So we got that. Look forward to if it happens. We, we all know Florida got the little weird things that happen over there. So Facts. Yeah, this is whole. Uh, true. NBA is expected to move. It actually, they already moved back the lottery in the combine. They postponed it. They didn't cancel it, so there is still a chance. They said it will be rescheduled for a later date, and they're expected to move the draft back to August or September. So let's see how that go. I'm really the draft is going to be an online draft like the NFL. Um, they haven't said yet, but it's more than likely going to be that because the way things are moving right now, then I don't think there's going to be anything in person for a minute. Yeah, that's going to be interesting to see. And I, I really want to know who's going to go first and how they're going to determine everything, especially because the college season got cut short too. So Yeah, and there's no, ma- no, there's no March Madness um footage to really see a lot of these prospects. And usually, usually that's when prospects get a chance to um, boost their stock. See, so, so that's going to be interesting to see what happens. The Knicks are interested in trading for Chris Paul to establish a winning culture in New York. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll say this as a Knicks fan. I mean, I'm for it if it depends on what we're giving up and what we get in back from – OKC besides Chris Paul, because I know OKC got a lot of draft picks, so they could easily throw one in to entice the Knicks if they really if they really want to. And then at the same time, I said OKC wants to give him up because I just can't forget Chris Paul is a person who 
at first, everyone's like, yeah, okay, she's done for, bro. We're not going nowhere. Mm-hmm. He comes, change the whole culture, and now was he a Chris Porter? I mean, that's me right now, because really and truly, not to be a hater, I, I expected Chris Porter to get injured. Yeah. I think we all did, especially I was seeing how the last two years in Houston shaped out. Yeah, so I expect him to get injured, so he's even a surprise to me. And I'm happy, honestly, because I'm an OPC fan, real, really and truly. So seeing my team even in the playoffs after everybody counted us out, like everybody counted us out. So Christopher, went over the, he went over there to change a little scenario. So I wonder if they really just going to give him up like that. that out. I mean, the Knicks have, I guess, sort of the assets that they would want. But I don't want the Knicks to give up, like, a whole truckload of, like, players and picks and stuff like that. Yeah, and Lord knows who the Knicks going to give up. As long as they don't give up RJ and Mitch, I'm pretty good, honestly. Put trust that franchise when it comes to decision. All right, we got um, a Magic doc, a Magic Johnson documentary series in the works about his life on and off the court. So, Yeah, that's going to be an interesting one. Facts. I want to see if they talk about that fit for them. <laughs> <laughs> listen, listen. He better be careful. We put in our documentary because it will be used against him online as memes. Trust and believe. He will become the main meme of the month if it's anything crazy. So That's a fact. I already came up with a title for it and everything, man. <laughs> so, raw and un- let's see Magic Johnson, Raw and Uncut. <laughs> yeah, you gotta see how that's gonna go. It's gonna be an interesting series. Too. It is. I mean, everybody's coming out with a documentary these days because I guess there's nothing else to do. So you might as well put your. I'm all for it. It's, me too. I I enjoy seeing like what happens with these players on and off the court with their life and stuff like that. So I know Clay has something coming out about his um his rehab process about after the torn ACL, and that's mm. gonna be coming out soon. It's like I I don't know if it's I think it's gonna be in parts. But it's gonna be detailing his like his rehab process and stuff like that. So I like this bro. Like you see a different light of Jordan and you know Facts. You see different light of different players like Dennis Rodman. I, I just started them in like I just started that episode, so I'm I'm behind right now. So mm-hmm. okay. I am like in the middle of it right now to the part where Scotty comes the, back to play. Oh yeah. Those episodes were interesting. I was talking to Rico last week on the pod about um how like when he was talking about how he describes the way he rebounds. I don't know if you saw that part yet where he was describing how part. it was like, if it, if someone shoots from here, it clanks and goes over this way. That's, that's literally just it. IQ. That's training and IQ really. And you wouldn't think of someone like Dennis Rodman to be like thinking so smart, the right? game like that. But basketball brings out a, 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 diff, a different side out of different individuals. And Rodman has always been like a mystery. So just seeing some facts on him, you see, you see a different side of him. Facts. Cause before the document, I just seen him as a crazy person for me. Yeah, that's the way a lot of people did. But when once once they got into this documentary, it's like there's more to there's more there's more behind the 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 tattoos and the and the the hair and all that. Yeah, like Lord, I would never know Madonna was responsible for a lot. Yeah, I mean, and she's the I think that Madonna's a person like that, like her, like yeah. who she is. So hearing that, I wasn't surprised or nothing. I was like, wow, though. I never know. I never knew that he went on Madonna, so that's new to me. Yeah, it was. This whole documentary is just like it's un for for certain generations like us and like younger. It's like 
a lot of stuff that we didn't know. We would like mm-hmm. look it up and stuff like that. But it's interesting to see it play out on the screen. Yeah, because you like see that. Jordan in a different light. Facts. And they, there's there's a lot of stuff in this last sure. this last nice. episode that we're gonna talk about a little bit later that was very interesting. And I wanna like talk about how it would compare to what if he was coming up now in like social media era and stuff like that. I also so. want to talk about a little argument about Jordan like he people saying he will average sixty today. I don't know about Oh yeah, six. Michael 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 Wilbon was like how um he didn't say exactly that Katie and LeBron wouldn't wouldn't dominate the eighties, but he was just like trying to say how they wouldn't like score like fifty or sixty a game in the eighties, which is which is which is fair to say because I don't think anybody would average fifty or sixty in any era because scoring fifty and sixty that's a lot of I mean, baskets. I mean, well, when you're gonna get six eight centers and they can't. I mean, yeah, them. that era, of course, but like when we're talking about like eighties, nineties, early two thousands to now, it's like I don't think any player would you, you could just switch them from any era. And they would automatically and drop this, fifty the thing or sixty. Is, it's so much like a game, a game. That's like yeah. so much to do. Yeah. Maybe they would drop fifty or sixty like a couple times, but at the end of the day, that's so like tiring to do. At the end exactly. Of the day. Yeah. To go out to go out on a basketball court and drop twenty field goals a game. You know how hard that. Like, come on, physically and mentally, that's a lot of work to do. That's a lot of stuff to put on your shoulder to do for anybody. Facts. And a lot of people were coming on Michael Wilbon because they were like, um, they were like, oh, that's such an old man thing to say, blah, blah, blah. But like, I think people just saw the tweet and they didn't actually watch the video and and hear what he said. So they took mm. they took his they took the tweet out of context. As as usual, normal internet time, man. People just quick to jump on anything without the facts. It's normal now, so. But I, I haven't looked really into that. I heard, I saw the comment. I was like, mm. I know. Yeah, I didn't check it out fully, but I just like I, I've 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 like skimmed skimmed through it to to see what he was saying. Yeah, like, I understand Jordan is great and all, but I just feel like sometimes they dragged. I mean, yeah, he's super good. Like that man's a goat, but I feel like they drag his legacy a little bit. Yeah, there's there's times where they do that. I think they'll do the same for LeBron, so I'm not really super upset about it, but yeah. They said that the man could come in average fifty in our era. It's like okay, Kobe didn't average fifty. Yeah, so unless Jordan was gonna learn and train himself to shoot like Curry and learn the new Yeah, that's the thing. You gotta you gotta account for certain things like he would would he have to like adjust his game? How long would it take for him to adjust his game? Because we know he would, but there's exactly. all those questions. I know you exactly it. that's the thing. We know he would, but like still a what if it's yeah. never uh we know for sure he was going to adjust his game it's always a if i mean at at the same time we do know he would have did something he would did something to definitely up his game to play in this generation because he worked hard mm-hmm. he worked hard last last headline we got is there's um i think Shaq came out and said that there's speculation that a team will move to vegas real soon so I saw I saw some people speculating that it might be the Spurs, but mm. I don't to be know. Honest, I don't know if the Spurs would do that the way they've had their legacy built in San Antonio and stuff like that. And I don't think the Spurs need. I'll just I don't think Texas needs so much teams, bro. They got three, yeah. 
Yeah, Texas has a lot of teams. I don't Honestly, think- if they move in a team, I'd rather it be like some team like Sacramento or like Minnesota or something like that. Cause like, yeah, Sacramento, yeah, definitely Minnesota. I don't think Minnesota is a place that deserves a team, <laughs> especially with the market. I mean, maybe that team helps Minnesota in a way like we can't explain, but yeah, I don't know. It's not a place I would think. Oh, I want to go play basketball over there. Like, nah. yeah, it's mad cold and. I don't it's not. It's like, not. A, it's not a. I don't know personally, but I don't think it's such a lively city because, like, New York gets cold, but like New York and Toronto, they're like cities that you can really enjoy, regardless yeah, so, of the cold. So that's 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 another thing. Let's see if Vegas does get a team. I'd be interested to see just to see new teams in NBA. For all you, I feel like the way they'll do it, they'll just bring up a G League team. Mm, or something. I don't know. I feel like to make a whole new team, you need a roster. So that then you do an expansion draft. Exactly, and you got to expand the draft as well. So that's that will change. That probably change the NBA for the better, number wise too. Probably. Because there's no like no things going along. I, I mean, I want it for sure. All right, so let's get into the documentary. I know you didn't see these episodes as of yet, but I have yeah, some I'm, I'm gonna catch here. up in a week. Hopefully by next week, I'm totally caught up for next week's um, podcast. So episode five actually was dedicated to Kobe. And they actually started with, um, wait, before I get into that, actually, the documentary is actually still being worked on right now. Like they, I saw just the other day, an article came out that they just finished like putting together episode nine. So it's still being like patched up and put together mm, as we're going through yeah. it right now. So. Because the reason why they originally didn't want to put it out is because they never finished it. It was like like a couple months ago, they only had like three episodes done. So hmm. they've been they've been doing it as they go along. I mean, at least they dedicated to it. So. Facts. It's doing a good job. Because people, people have been clamoring for it, like LeBron and stuff. So I guess once LeBron started asking for it, then they knew they had to. Know, they they got to respect their father. That's a fact. All right, so um, episode five started at the 98 All-Star game. That was like the first game. That was the first All-Star game for Kobe, and that was supposed to be at least the last game, the last All-Star game for MJ. But as we know, it wasn't because he ended up coming back in the early 2000s. But it was funny to see. I don't know if you saw the clip that was floating around. It was like all the players in the East locker room. They were talking Mm -hmm. about Kobe, and it was like the little Laker boy. He likes to take everybody one on one. He doesn't like to. He doesn't let the game come to him. He likes to take the game. And I just saw it yeah. funny. I just found it funny how he's been in the league for like a year and a half, and he already has like all these guys like talking about him in the that's locker room. Effect for for sure. Though. That's his effect right away. It's crazy because his career didn't start off so hot. So yeah, it wasn't. And he explained that he said it was a rough couple years for me coming into the league because at the time the league was so much older. Michael provided a lot of guidance for me. He said, I don't get five championships here without him. So look at that. So and he definitely had a rough he wasn't one of the few players like LeBron just come in and then take over. Which is why people usually use that as an argument against LeBron and Kobe, which makes no sense to me, but Facts. That was, that's how it is sometimes. Not everyone's gonna come in great. And he, he managed to retire as one of the best ever. So that's what matters. It's not how you start, it's how you finish. Facts. And he was he was saying that he was he's actually he's been fed up with the um like 
people would come up to him and he was like, um, cause they showed his interview and they were saying how, um, he was saying how he didn't, he doesn't like how when people come up to him, they'd be like, Oh, you would beat Michael one-on-one. He was like, he's been, he's, he's fed up with those type of conversations. Cause he was like, there's no, there's no, um, there's no me without, without him. So mm-hmm. he's showing respect. Facts. And, um, he said that MJ, um, like he had, he had asked, um, MJ, like during the game, like about his, um, his turnaround shot. Cause you know how Kobe wanted to basically be the mirror image of Michael. So he wanted to get that, that shot down pat. And he asked MJ to like explain to him, like how he gets the shot off or whatever. And MJ mm-hmm. basically told him, and then he was like, whatever you need, you can come to me. And then he basically was just offering to mentor Kobe and he's been, Kobe said that MJ guided him throughout his career, like on like a lot of stuff. So their relationship was much, I guess, deeper than we knew about. And we kind of found that out when Michael was speaking at his funeral. How he was talking mm-hmm. about he was he a little brother crying. to him. Yeah, he was a little brother to him. So there was that. Definitely see that though. I was surprised they didn't spend more time on Kobe though, but I guess they didn't expect his like sudden passing like so i guess they thought they would have more time yeah i'm pretty sure they if i they probably want to edit for you know we probably probably edit an episode but we know and added some parts into it maybe maybe um so it goes from that to mj's last game as a bull in msg he decides to wear the air jordan one and mm-hmm. then they start talking about then they you know they do those flashbacks in the episode where they like jump back in time to um so they jump back in they jump back in time to um the summer of 84 and he and MJ was basically like his his agent was trying to get him studios first they went to Converse and the main guys there were Magic and Larry and Converse basically told him like you you're not going to be the top guy here because we got we got magic and magic is the top guy here he went to adidas he really liked adidas but um adidas wasn't i guess going to make a shoe for him so they were they were out of the conversation and then they went to at first he didn't want to go to nike um his mother convinced him to go to to go talk to nike she was like you're going to get on that plane and give them an opportunity to to talk to you so mm-hmm. His mother convinced him to go to Nike and um Nike offered him two hundred and fifty thousand and his agent his agent made made it um clear that he had to have his own shoe when um going there because Nike wasn't they wasn't in the basketball shoe market at the time. They were in like running shoes at the time. So mm. getting Michael was like their big step into basketball. And we see now how how They're much over. how much sneaker culture has changed as a result of that. Yeah, that definitely was the biggest, probably the biggest change in sneaker culture. So you talk I, about I mean, the, the mm-hmm, fine sneaker culture. Facts. Mm-hmm. Facts. And they talk about later on how like um sneakers became fashion because of Air Jordans. Because like yeah. no one was really wearing sneakers at that time. Like sneakers were just strictly basketball shoe. Like everybody knew them as like something to wear for basketball. But once Air Jordans came on the scene, you saw people starting to wear them out in the streets and stuff, and they were wearing them casually. And then um, Spike Lee producing his commercials helped cross Air Jordans into like urban black culture. So that's what kind of sparked that. And we see now how big 
the Jordans are in sneaker culture and just culture yeah, in general. Jordans, Jordans are the main part of sneaker culture in my eyes. Facts. Main take, part because it takes up most of my collection. Yeah, so at that at the same time. So Jordans have definitely definitely changed the culture for sure. Without without Jordan, it's not really any sneaker culture, really. Because then we're gonna start without Jordans. We're gonna start at um, Uptown's, like Converse. Converse. So yeah, without Jordans, and it's crazy to me because even now it's to the point where I don't even see Jordans as shoes to play basketball in. Yeah, like it's it's actually become like the opposite now. Like people don't wear Jordans to to really play ball unless you're like in the NBA and you like playing even real. NBA like I, I find it weird seeing NBA, like seeing certain people playing certain shoes I'm like yeah mm, that's some heat right there you want to go playing them but at the same time they rich so they don't do them. so they go back to the 98 game at MSG MJ's wearing he's wearing actually a small pair of um Air Jordan 1's because like I guess he didn't have any that were in his size at the time so he was um he was rocking an old pair and he said by halftime his feet were bleeding but he didn't want to take he didn't want to change his shoes because he was having a good game and a lot of basketball players are superstitious about changing their shoes when they're having a good game so he decided to keep them on he ended the game with 42 and he said his yeah he said his his socks were drenched in blood by the end of the game damn yeah that's that's pretty disgusting and then um, Patrick Ewing came to him to visit him in the locker room after, and then he was like, "Good game." And then Mike was like, um, "He was like, I had to, I had to, t- I had to take it back to '84 to kick y'all, kick y'all butt." So, yeah, that's one thing. Mike was always chatting, though. That's a fact. He was always chatting. I respect that. That's the that's the part of the game I respect the most out of Mike. I just like how places visit each other like that, though, like. Lord knows how often happens in today's NBA. I don't know. I'm not too sure. What? Players visiting each other in the locker rooms? Yeah. I don't know if it happens that often. I mean, the only thing we hear about when players go to the locker rooms is when there's, like, beef or whatever. Like, remember yeah, the, like, the Clippers-Rockets <laughs> Carmelo, when he pulled up to Kevin Garnett's bus. Yeah, since his wife tastes like Hanenut <laughs> Cheerios. <laughs> Yeah, he 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 got that one. That one was it. That was a funny one. I ain't gonna lie. That's a fact. But um, then they go back to the ninety one ninety two season, and the the Bulls their their main focus was trying to repeat because they knew that would put them up there with like Magic and Isaiah and Larry as like those dynasties that were able to go back to back. So mm-hmm. B J Armstrong was saying that. MJ wasn't playing basketball anymore. He just was figuring out how to win. So during the game, he would be like messing around or whatever. He wouldn't be playing as serious. And he would just let his teammates do the, do like most of the stuff. And then he would just take them home at the end of the game. So I just found that interesting. That's go time and all. That's a fact. When you, the That's game is so, time, effort, it's so effortless for you that you don't really got to go as hard. Team playing, letting them get their stats. You're like, all right, bro, now it's time for us to win. Facts. And you got to respect that. And then they get to the 92, um, 92 finals where he has that the game one where he hits the shrug after hitting all those threes. And mm. he basically that, – that, that game was actually a message because – 
people were comparing him to Clyde before the series and they were saying how they were like similar players and Jordan said he took offense to that because like he knew Clyde was like a good player or whatever, but he just felt like he was on a completely different level from Clyde. So definitely yeah. was because nobody was on his level back then. Not a single guard was on yeah, his but level. He, so Kobe he, attacked, came. he attacked Clyde at any chance he got and they won in six. So I actually wanted to look at Clyde's stats because I, 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 I was listening to Bill Simmons earlier today, and he was saying that Clyde actually had a good series. So I want to see what his stats were in the 92 finals. Yeah, I got to watch out that documentary. I'm going to catch up once I finish all the schoolwork that I had in the course. Oh, yeah, facts, all that schoolwork. Thank God. I haven't had that really bothering me that much, honestly. I mean, you got five classes, or yeah, a lot of those definitely. I have three, and then I have to take summer courses. Oh yeah, the summer courses is what I don't. I did that last time, but on this podcast for now, talk again. I talk about school. <laughs> Hold up, I'm trying to see what these guys' stats were in the finals, because actually. Mm-hmm. 1992 finals. Bleacher Report. Let's see. Clyde Drexler. Scored a good amount of points, um, rebounds and assists. Average about 25. 25, 8, and 5. So he did his... He was, he was pretty good. That's great numbers, really. 8 rebounds? Yeah, about 8 rebounds, yeah. That's great. And yeah, but, then, but then Jordan on the other side was like 36. Was about thirty six, oh, five and six. So can't compare him to him. <laughs> can't be mad at. Glad to his part. At the yeah, he, he, he did all he could, but it's Jordan. Facts. You know, I feel like a lot of back then, a lot of teams just had to accept the fact that Jordan. Yeah. yeah. Later on, actually, in ep- episode six. When they go to the '93, when they talk about the '93 finals, Chuck says that he didn't mind that he lost to Mike because it was Mike. Like you just have to understand, like it's Mike. Word. Cause I was watching. Um, I was watching some of the documentary today for three episode three, and even the Pistons coach he even seemed pissed off. He's like, "Yeah, bro, um, we played to the last. Jordan dropped the last ten points. What can we do?" <laughs> Facts. That the Jordan like, rules. That man still nah. And that I'm still watching episode. That episode is so crazy to me. How do you yeah, say those, those episodes then? were really good? Like how do you say play back then is so disgusting, bro. Like, and they you they literally tried to kill that man. Yeah, they said they said um like don't let him don't let him fly because don't let him get into the paint because once he starts lifting off like over it's clipped so just make sure he doesn't make sure he doesn't fly because once he gets up in the air i think john sally was saying that he's not human so we got to stop him they're trying to kill the man though like you're telling me every time he got in the paint they said yeah when you get in the paint kill him don't <laughs> let get to the paint if he gets if he gets to the paint which you know he wasn't regardless Facts. Him. so that's how they got to win but that's what i'm saying today's nba that's probably why they say you average so much points if yeah, they'll probably managed, say he doesn't have to deal with that physicality. That's what they're probably alluding to. For sure. And they would have gave flagrants back then. Facts. Right. I mean, back then. They would have gave flagrants right now for what they were doing. Actually, that whole team wouldn't even be a team anymore, probably, the way they give out uh, suspensions and stuff right now. 
Yeah, they, they would have to adjust. Yeah, they would have to learn how to play actual defense and <laughs> not kill people. So, Lord knows if Isaiah Thomas would even have a ring back then. He put in this generation. Like, with that team. Because to me, it didn't seem like a, 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 the best offensive team. It just felt like the team that went out there to kill people, bro. And speaking of Isaiah, um, we they go to they talk they start talking about the '92 Dream Team. They don't talk about it all that all too much, but um, actually they do talk about it for a while because they go into Tony Kukoc. But first, they talk about how why Isaiah was left off the team. Isaiah didn't have a lot of good relationships with multiple Dream Team members, not just Matt, Mike, but um, Magic had his issues with him. Bird had his issues with him. Pippen had his issues How with him. How do you play? Yeah, and um, MJ said it wasn't him responsible for the for his snub. And Magic Mike was saying how um, like the whole vibe of the whole vibe of the '92 Dream Team was like positive, and everybody was getting along with each other. And he said if Isaiah was there, that that would have been completely different because all the bad relationships that Isaiah had with all those other players that he used to get on their nerves and stuff. I mean, so. ain't nobody want to play with somebody who tries to kill them every time they play against his team. So it's like, yeah, bro, you're going to be most hated. You're Every time someone face you, you're trying to take their arm and leg off. So it's like... Word, and the whole thing was just good vibes on the Olympic team. So just having him there would have been like... Yeah, like... It would have killed their vibe. Exactly. Having a great time, going probably get some wine. And then hey, oh yeah, hey he comes, yeah, mm, yeah. <laughs> That's a fact. <laughs> oh my, oh yeah, everyone, shh, shh, shh. coming, coming, coming. <laughs> That's a so, fact. They'd be like, yo, Isaiah's coming. Yeah, so it should be kind of happy, I guess, because Lord knows he would have let that trip probably hurt. Facts. <laughs> it wouldn't have been a good trip for him, probably. Yeah, especially no one probably want to vibe with him. Especially, come on, you playing on the dirtiest team ever ever so like you can't expect anyone to like you when you're playing like that facts and um they they start talking about the dream team scrimmages how intense they were there was a lot of smack talking um there was there was one scenario magic was talking about how his team was up and he said to mj he was like if you don't turn into air jordan we're gonna blow y'all out and then michael michael proceeded to um score every single basket after (laughs) that like he came he came out the huddle he shot a three he made it hit another three, then he went into the paint, made a layup, and then what you call it, um, then there was one instance where he got, he was starting to get some whistles, and then Magic was getting pissed. Magic was like, he he took the ball and he threw it into the to the stands, and he was like, it's just like Chicago, like, you get every call, it's just like the NBA, you get every call, you get every I'm call. I'm crying. But he was pissed. You should never spoke to Mike like that, bro, you gotta know better. <laughs> He said in his interview in present day, he was like, why did I say that to Mike? He was like, why yeah. did I tell him that? Come on, bro. <laughs> you don't. Don't get that man started. Like, you know what he's doing in Chicago. You thought he's going to come overseas and not do the same thing, bro? Word. He thought he thought Mike was going to be relaxed. Nah, bro. Coming off the, the chip. Mike was, Mike is like, come on. He's competitive, bro. Like, yeah, we should have noticed into, that. We're going to get into his competitive side a little bit later because that is just wild later on in episode mm. six. But yeah. Um, I got to catch up. I can't wait. But yeah, MJ was like, he was like, to me, the best point guard of all time is Magic. And right behind him is Isaiah Thomas, no matter how much I hate him. So he said, like, he, he had respect for Isaiah, but he didn't like him. But that wouldn't have kept, he wouldn't have kept 
Isaiah off the team. Right, that's so, a lot to do to a man, too. So that's whoever's decision it was, whether it was like whoever put the whoever put together the team probably saw who the players were and they're like if they had like a positive relationship with him in the past or not, and they probably put that into consideration. That's the thing. That's why I said like team. Um, he was here never all about talent. That's why you see certain skill sets on the team. Yeah, it's about uh, chemistry. Yes, because chemistry definitely plays a part. Because you can't have a team, you would say, with all these stars and not have chemistry. And then, I, then it's going to be a takeover competition, you know? Um, Just look at 2016. 2016 wasn't one of our most talented teams. We had um Harrison Barnes on the team. We had Kyle Lowry, DeAndre yeah. Jordan. Like, these, yeah, these are just now. Huh? Don't get me started on Kyle Lowry, bro. But, um, <laughs> go ahead, bro. But yeah, um, Team USA in 2016, we had like Melo. You had um, you had our stars like Kyrie, KD, Clay. Mm-hmm. You, you had someone like Draymond on the team. Draymond's not someone that you you see as like a superstar, but like yeah, he's someone that's gonna. But his effect on the court is what's gonna put together some W's out there on the court. So I gotta give respect to Draymond and his thing on the court. I just don't like when you start talking like he's some true true He's, uh, you know he's gonna talk because like he always has a, he always has that chip on his shoulder. I'm not gonna defend everything he says because some of the stuff he says is out of line, but like I, I feel him on certain things because like when he said that what you call it um he Steph and Clay are responsible for like like changing the game. I I, I agree with him because like teams weren't going all in on like playing like someone at six seven at center. Uh, for long periods of time on the court, so now that's for sure. That's one thing. Like, and he could do it on both ends. He was able to do it on offense and defense at at that time when he started, especially in fifteen and sixteen. I feel like those yeah. were his best years. So I never understood how his offense got so works. I know KD came, KD like, come in, him not really working on his game as much. I guess I think that's what it is. I think after KD came, he's like, I, I don't got to score no more. So he started focusing on defense and playmaking. I guess, yeah. That's he, that's what I think it is because the jump shot just got. I don't know if it just looks worse or got worse. I think it's it used both. to be cash. Twenty sixteen finals. He was, I think, either second leading scorer on the team. Oh yeah, we can never forget every time he celebrated every jump shot he made. So, <laughs> but um, getting back to documentary, um, MJ and Scotty. They found out um, that Tony Kukoc was going to be on um, Croatia's team, and they weren't. They didn't at the time. Kraus he was um, he was fawning over Kukoc while his own team was winning championships, and he, he called Kukoc the future of the Bulls. So he wasn't really focusing on his his main guys like MJ and Scotty. And Scotty still wasn't taken care of. Like he still wasn't getting paid at the time, and mm. they made they already made negotiations with Kukoc, so. When MJ and Scotty saw that Kukoc was going to be uh, playing them that first game, M- MJ and Scotty said, MJ told um, the rest of Team USA before the first game, he was like, um, leave Kukoc to him and him and Scotty. <laughs> they scared him, bro. They combined for 13 steals. Um, and Kukoc was out there looking bad. Yeah, they're like, yeah, we know you in practice, bro. <laughs> we know what you do. Yeah, because they they didn't like they didn't like the fact that Kraus was like 
garnering him so much attention. He wasn't even on the team yet. I mean, they drafted him, but he was still overseas. And MJ and Scotty were the ones winning him championships, and they, like he was just disregarding them. I was disrespectful, them. though. I felt like it was just like, yeah. It was like okay, I know I have the best player of all time, but this guy from this. Oh yeah, he had a next moment basically. So he said, yeah. So I know I have Michael Jordan and Scotty Pippen, but this random kid from Croatia, you know, is definitely gonna come in here and you know be the franchise player. Instead of, you know, getting somebody different who probably was better in Kuko, so, you know. But, I mean, that's, that just sound like something Mike, Mike, Mike and Scotty would do. <laughs> I can't oh, remember yeah. the episode, actually. It was funny the way they was, they was just bullying him. But um, Kuko did come back in the final game, proved himself, had 16 points, 6 assists. They still got blown out, but he did his part. Blown out. But, um... The main idea here was that um, Michael Jordan helped the Dream Team globalize, um, help globalize basketball in the NBA. Like at that time, I guess NBA wasn't something as popular as it was, as it is now globally. But like seeing how dominant this team was, because '92 team was the first time they allowed um, NBA players to play in the Olympics. So, oh, word, yeah. Change everything for sure. I know they was pissed off because I think they had lost the previous couple years, so they were trying to. They were trying playing to, college kids or something. Yeah, they were playing like college kids and amateurs. Mm, be as entertaining, and I don't think college kids should represent this country. So, yeah. So, yeah, it was college kids for a while because Jordan, before he entered the NBA, he was playing in the '84 Olympics. Oh, with the college kids? Yeah. I uh, see. So that changed everything. So I would have never known that if I ain't watched it. Yeah, I have to go watch everything. I can't wait to watch it now. I, I, I can't wait to rewatch everything in order without commercials because I feel like that is going to be like a different experience. Just oh, seeing yeah, everything sure. flow, all the episodes flow into each other. Mm-hmm. Especially how they correlate. But yeah, MJ was becoming a global superstar at this point, and um, there's this quote. There's um, there's, they talk. They start talking about his um, I guess his political stance in the episode, mm-hmm. and they they start talking about how um, like Bar- Barack Obama was saying how when you're an African American person of high status, you're expected to have a certain, you're expected to um um speak on like social issues and stuff like that so there was a a black guy that was running for um i believe senator in um his hometown of north carolina against a racist a racist um white guy mm-hmm. and mj mj didn't like publicly come out and say something but he did support him with like i guess a financial contribution but mm-hmm. um he was saying how um he said this in a joking way, but he said his statement was um, Republicans buy sneakers, too. I mean, he said I, I know he said it in a joke, but a lot of people took that as like he's selfish and like he doesn't care about such and such. So there was a whole part in, on that that they focused on. And he yeah, was basically saying, yeah, how, huh? Go ahead. Go ahead. Now, what are you saying? No, I was just saying when you're great. Like anything yeah. you do, people people and he was saying how, saying, so and he was saying how um 
he didn't want to like like he he wanted to be a, a like a leader and like he, he was like if people follow my example then fine but if you don't want to like follow me then find someone else to to like follow i guess so i forgot the exact question i wrote it down but he was saying something, like something katie lines. would say <laughs> it does but yeah, they go from that, and then they're talking about how games were um hard to um close down because everybody wanted to see Jordan because they believed like this was gonna be his last season. And when they went to go play the Hawks, I didn't even know this, but they filled up the Georgia Dome to NBA record sixty-two thousand, I think, four hundred people to come see um Atlanta Hawks versus Chicago Bulls game in the regular season. All of them came to watch a team lose. Facts. They filled yeah. up a football stadium. I don't think I don't think I can remember the last time they had an NBA game played in a football stadium though. In a football crazy. stadium. Ali, that's clout. <laughs> Word. Everybody wants to see Michael in his last season because they thought this was going to be his last. These were going to be his last game, so everybody wanted to see him wherever he went. So like road games were sold out, home games sold out, everything was sold out. So people from all over the world coming to see Mike. Can't be, I mean, what do you expect though? Mike. Facts. Mike. So, so then they went to episode six. And episode six is where we see like Mike Mike really getting frustrated with his um off the court life because he um once he left his hotel room, the spotlight was on him. And he expected to be on all the time with fans and and all that, still interact with everybody, and still be able to perform at a high level on the court. So, mm. I mean, everybody's good with people. So, and Mike didn't seem like the people's person like that. But he had to be. Yeah, he was. He stuff he had to learn as his fame, but he didn't seem like to like people like that. He needs to be more to himself. You know. Yeah, they were showing they were showing him in his hotel room. He was just like chilling, like with a cigar and some like orange juice, and he was just in his hotel his hotel room by himself. And he was like, "This is this is my life." Because as soon as I step out of here, it's crazy. So um, they talk, they start to talk about um, Michael's gambling issues in this episode a lot. Yeah, I heard about that. Because they said he was competitive with... He says he's... Everybody was saying he's competitive with everything. So he... they um Will Perdue was saying... Was telling a story of how he would be in the car... He was he would be, he would be in the back of the bus with Ron Harper, Scotty, and, B, and BJ Armstrong playing cards. And they'll be playing for, like, racks. And he said he would be in the front of the bus with, like, John Paxson and Steve Kerr. And they'll be, like, playing cards for, like, a dollar a hand. So Jordan came up to them one time and he was like, yo, can I play cards with y'all? And then Will Perdue was like, why do you want to play cards with us? We play for a dollar a hand. And he was like, because I want your money in my pocket. <laughs> I was like, nah, this man has a problem. Uh, a demon. <laughs> That's a fact. <laughs> I, want, I want your bread and my bitch right now. Facts. Nah, I mean, you gotta respect it, but you can only sit here and laugh and respect it. That's a fact. You don't go, Tommy. Yeah, but um, during the '93 season, this was one of the um, this was the season where they start to get met with um scrutiny because there was a book released called The Jordan Rules. I actually have it by a Chicago reporter, Sam Smith, 
And it talks about a lot of things, how like Jordan punched Will Perdue and like how bad of a teammate um, Jordan was behind the scenes and stuff like that. And a lot of people, Michael thinks that Horace was leaking to the media because Horace Grant says it's not true, but he says that Grant was jealous of the shine that um, Michael and Pippen were getting for the for their championships while I guess Grant was not getting as much credit. So mm. just be here. Facts. But um Horace Grant says that's not true. Going back, I'm seeing now that I'm 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 thinking it might it might have been Phil Jackson. It might have been Phil Jackson that leaked this stuff out because I saw something the other day on Twitter. It was saying how Phil said it was someone else to get that person fired. And that person did get up, end up getting fired. And Phil's also been credited with writing a lot of books and being included in a lot of books. So we know he likes to tell stories. So yeah, probably was him looking for some more material. Probably, but the documentary kind of like it talks about that for a little bit, and then it start. It talks about that. They were saying how um, that was like the main thing because they were saying everything was like smooth sailing for the first two championships. And then for this season, that's when things start to get like chaotic because like everyone was like seeing Jordan in this new light. Like they were saying that, oh, he wasn't like this pure, this pure person. They were saying they were seeing how like he was a bad teammate and stuff like that. So nobody's perfect. Facts. So then. Then they start talking about my Knicks. My Knicks got some shine this episode. So, time to get something. Facts. The 92, like, 92, the 90s Knicks were, people were saying they were like the new bad boys. Pistons in terms of, like, physicality because they played a physical brand of basketball similar to Detroit. So They're trying and, to kill people. Mm, not to that extent, but... Yeah, they played they played physical. They wanted to fight with Jordan and them. They were up in their face and all that the same way Pistons were. Cuz Pat Riley told them he was like do not allow them to dunk on you because they will embarrass you. So he told them to be phys- he's because he knew he knew once Michael would start like dominating them, their morale would probably decrease. So he was like don't let don't let Jordan and them dunk on y'all because then 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 y'all will be embarrassed. So he enforced them to be physical, and that was those Knicks with um pa- Patrick Ewing, John Starks, um Charles Oakley, rest in peace Anthony Mason. But yeah, mm-hmm. um ninety then it goes to the ninety three conference finals where the Knicks actually go up two zero on the Bulls, playing very physical, and a lot of people were questioning if Jordan was tired from the defense. Or if it was from gambling at Atlantic City the previous night. So both. Then here's where they start to talk about his gambling issues. So basically, he he liked to gamble a lot, especially golf. And golf with he was actually known as a golf hustler. His name was Slim Boulet. And he was charged on drug charges and money laundering charges. And they found the check to Jordan, so they was wondering why did Jordan have a check addressed to this dude? So Jordan had to be a witness on the case, and that's where Jordan admitted that he was paying back fifty-seven thousand dollars in gambling debts to this guy. So you see, how when you go go outside, Jordan, Jordan, 
when you leave, <laughs> what happened, bro? That's why you hated losing so much. Yeah, and yo, like he, there was, there was, they were showing actually a clip of him playing uh, like this game where he tosses like coins against um on the floor uh, um with his security guards, and like he had lost, and he looked so pissed, like he lost twenty dollars to one of his security guards because his security guard he he threw the coin past his coin, mm-hmm. like two shots, and mm-hmm. Jordan was tight. Yeah, bro. You can see how that man got every time he lost in the playoffs, you should saw his face, bro. I mean weak. He was not having it every single time. Like he ready to kill somebody. Yeah, so gambling was like a shot at his reputation, and that was another thing that like flawed the image of the perfect Jordan. Because Jordan at that point, before this season, before that book came out, the Jordan rules, and before this gambling stuff, there was nothing that really could tarnish his image. But once all this gambling stuff came out, it was like a shot at his image and he was being constantly questioned about it to the point where he got upset at the media and stopped talking to them for the while, for a while. So, mm. and then Richard Eskinas released a book called Michael and me, our gambling addiction in which he detailed how MJ owed him $1.2 million in gambling debts from golf matches that he lost. So that man was out there back. So the the Bulls and MJ they use that to fuel to um what do I say fuel themselves to tie the series in games three game three actually I didn't say this but game three he went three for eighteen and the Bulls still won by twenty against the Knicks so I don't know if the Knicks fault. Bro, it's like you can't have Jordan go three for eighteen and still get blown out. Like that's your chance to take a three zero lead. Then you could possibly sweep. Who knows how that series turns after that? Like a whole bunch of questions there. If Jordan go three from eighteen, you can't lose, bro. You you have no choice. Especially the way you dominated games one and two with Jordan playing well. So yeah. So they closed the series in six after they rallied back, thanks to the media fueling them thank mm-hmm. you a lot so they got to the finals where they met um the mvp of that season charles barkley and the phoenix suns and jordan was upset that chuck got the mvp but he was basically saying that chuck could have that because he was going to get the championship regardless so um, Which is fair. true true and i rather championship over mvp facts then again mm, i mean if i have enough championships though i rather MVP. True, but at that point, Charles. I mean, yeah, at that point, Michael didn't. Yeah, Michael didn't mind because he already had some MVPs, scoring titles, etc. So he was Gucci. Um, and then um, there was a joke that was going on on Twitter. Whatever Jordan likes, well, I mean, whatever Kraus likes, Jordan just wanted to destroy it. So Jordan basically he was saying in the documentary how he knew that um Kraus liked um Dan Marley, who was um guarding him from the Suns. And he wanted to show Kraus that Marley was not as good defensively as he thought he would, so he mm-hmm. wanted to des- he wanted to destroy Marley every time he was on the court. Pretty sure he did that day. So um, Chuck said they were nervous in Game One, but Game Two he felt more confident, and he put out one of his his better outputs, and they still lost. And he was just like, it was it was Mike. So Game Three went into triple overtime. The Suns won that one. 
And then the Bulls won game four behind Jordan's 55 points in a finals game. Golly. That's crazy stuff. How do you stop that? I think, was it this series? I think he averaged, I think it was this series. He averaged like 41 points per game. Yeah. And you know, that's why he stays in the GOAT conversation, bro. Let me actually go on basketball. Let me go on basketball reference real quick. I want to see his. His numbers, Michael Jordan, yeah, he averaged 41, eight and a half rebounds and six assists, about two steals, shot 50% from the field and 40% from three. That boy was balling. Facts. And, yeah, he um scored game, game five. They actually, Bulls lost, and they were actually getting booed on their home court, the Bulls, in game Sounds five. Like next thing. Oh my gosh! But yeah, they were getting booed. Suns won. It went back to Phoenix for Game Six, and in the fourth quarter, MJ was dominating until like the last basket, where Horace Grant passed the ball to John Paxson, and ba- and Paxson hit the game-winning three for them to win in Game Six. And basically, Jordan was saying at this time that um. He was becoming exhausted physically and beyond exhausted mentally because of like the media, the way it was taking a toll on him. And just like he I guess he felt like he he didn't he, he was being considered a role model by um, society in the media. And he was he basically said that he didn't want to be seen as a role model. So hmm. it's be his own person. Heavy Katie Vops. Yeah, that's why I think Katie's gonna be one of those type of people. Like, once he reaches a certain age, like 30, 33, 34, he's gonna be out of here. Maybe. He loves the game at the end of the day. So gotta see. And basically, the episode ends with, um, basically ends at the end of the '98 season. They're getting ready for the playoffs, and they're about to play the New Jersey Nets. So, that's how episode six ends off. And I found this conspiracy theory that's been going around about why MJ retired after the 93 season. Mm -hmm. And basically a lot of people are saying that he wasn't retiring. He was suspended for that season for gambling. Really? And it was like a non-announced suspension? Basically, that's what a lot of people think. A lot of people think he was serving a suspension, but some other people are saying... Why would David Stern suspend Jordan right when he's about to sign a, a new TV deal? Yeah. Because he was about to sign a new TV deal in 94. Why would you sign a TV deal knowing that you're not going to have Jordan if you're going to suspend him? And another, that, mm-hmm. and another hole in the theory is that why would they suspend him for a year and then he gets to come back towards the end of the next season? Yeah, so that conspiracy might just be another iffy one for sure. But I just found that one interesting because I was like, that's so odd for them to just do that for... Especially because NBA is about entertainment, so... Facts, and that's like the best type of entertainment you could have out there. Yeah, so it's like, hmm, what's going on here? But yeah, um... 
Next week's episodes are going to be focusing on, I guess, the season where he retired, how that team did, and when he came back, how the team was different from when he left. And it'll probably talk about the 98 playoffs. So, okay. Okay. I hopefully by then I'm totally tuned in and I can be ready for the next podcast to have my own points, of course, because I had no points today. <laughs> I'm basically getting a little summary of what I got to watch anyway. But yeah, I guess that's it for today's episode. Make sure y'all subscribe. Check out the website. Check out. Stay safe. Check Just out the Twitter. Safe. Yeah, make sure y'all stay inside. I don't care Please. if y'all stay is open and up. Right I now. understand outside is nice. I do. <laughs> but if y'all keep going outside, we will never have a chance to enjoy outside. Outside. I know. Right now I we have outside. I even. I even. I even want to. I don't even think anyone wants to enjoy outside. Outside with those new hornets out on the loose. Yeah. Yeah. So looking like I won't be going to any parks this summer. If you're having a barbecue at a park, don't invite me. That's a fact. Um, <laughs> if you work in a garden, good luck. Those things are huge too, my God. Yeah, and, and they're taking our rats. So, I mean, I'm happy <laughs> taking our rats, but then when they start taking out humans, that's when it's going to become a problem. You know? It can kill all the bees. No, don't kill all the bees. We need them. It can kill all the cockroaches and stuff and bed bugs, you know? But now, <laughs> when it comes to like, the important stuff now. That's a problem, bro. Now I gotta risk going outside, and now you gotta be on a watch. You can't go outside and sleep anymore in peace. Nope. nope when they, nope, cause nope. they said, I mean, it's not coming right now. They said they said it was to come within the next few years or so to to the point where they're gonna start breeding over here. So it's like, yikes. The outside will be canceled very soon well Again. i guess it's a, i guess it's just another another thing to keep people inside so that we can keep this virus stable so it would have been better if the the bug came before so people were inside before you know <laughs> but then again nobody wants that bug here in the first place which is like yeah bro facts i don't want to go outside and just get sting for no reason mind of my business Thing seemed aggressive as hell, bro. He was not giving that rat no time. <laughs> <Yo>. <laughs> he said, "Nah, you're dead." Today, Yo, the bro. rat thought it was gone, and then he came back on top of him again. I was yeah, like, "Yeah, bro, I thought it was sweet." I'm like, "Yeah, this rat about to win." He said, "Nah, come back here, bro." And yeah, like I said before, that could not be no NYC rat though. NYC fight. rats would not go out like that. I don't believe it. That rat had to be from Alaska or something. It couldn't be no 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 NYC rat. Shout out TMZ for catching that coverage. Yeah, TMZ, y'all something else, bro. Y'all out here catching rat attacks, bro. Like, I can't. I can't. I don't know. But that was an interesting video to watch for sure. Thanks. All right. So that's it for this week's episode. Make sure y'all stay safe, stay healthy. And stay inside. Facts. And make sure y'all subscribe. Check us out. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, et cetera, et cetera. Leave five stars. Make sure you follow. Make sure you check out the website, Instagram, Twitter. And that's it. Good night. Good morning and good afternoon. <laughs>